Yo, yo, yo. Hey, what's up, guys? Wel- yo. Welcome to season two oh. of the Ridge Podcast. Today we have... Willis Cooks. Let's turn him up a little bit or something. Right. Willis. Willis Cooks, a therapist. Willis Cooks. 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 Um, and you work at a psych ward. A psych ward and a drug rehab center. <sighs> and... Um, we're, 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 uh, we were just talking about how, um, mental health and emotional stability to me seems like the key to happiness. I learned that at a real young age Mm -hmm. because if you're like upset or bothered or jealous or insecure or I mean, how are you going to go through life without? Yeah. Um, so I, I was saying that I was surprised that people don't, you know, want to talk about this more or aren't more focused on it. Or And you were saying, because I believe it's the key to happiness. And you were like, well, I was, I was saying some, some people, there's two parts to it. Some people may not actually want to be happy, but then we also have, before you even get into that, we have to really define what happiness is, right? Because happiness... Is, is happy is happiness is different for everybody, right? Happiness for some folks could be living up in this house. Happiness for a lot of the people I know is just living on the street, right? And when it comes to what's your mental, how mentally stable you are, that's an opinionated question too. But but it's it's regardless of what the external circumstances yeah. are, happiness is within. It's between yeah. our ears. So yeah. the street or the house or whatever it is, someone might think that's going to make them happy, but, but are they upset all the time and are they angry? But that means they're not happy, but they just have some shit they wanted. Yeah. Um, and the reason they're probably not happy is because they're not either confident or they're still dealing with past trauma or whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know? It just seems kind of obvious to me, like, right? So I think it's cool that you do what you do and you value what you value and Yeah, I mean, but I like I like to live in a in a very I don't even want to fucking say realistic. Because realistic is, is, is different when it comes to every folks. But I like to I like to live a I don't like the the happy go lucky type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And when when I when I speak on happiness, I always want to make it clear that you can be happy as fuck in a pile of shit, right? You yeah. don't have to be in some dope mansion or whatever. For sure. You can be happy as fuck with no deodorant, musty, or whatever the case may be. Whatever your level of happiness is, that can be your level of happiness. But for a lot of my patients, I always try to help them understand that, you know, life is life will give you a bunch of shit. Like, life will, like, fuck you up at certain points. Because when a lot of depressed patients, they always try to reach that happy place, right? And that happy place is like some unicorn fairy tale, like fantasy land that they try to get to. And I always try to tell them like, hey, yo, that 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 vision or that goal that you're trying to set is, is very unrealistic, right? It may be a place that you want to go, but it, it's a place that you probably won't ever be able to get because you're setting the bar too out there, mm-hmm. right? Too out there. And we got to come to a place to where it's like, yeah, we got to be, at the end of the day, be comfortable in our shit. And I believe that's happiness more than anything else, right? Being comfortable yeah, in the I problems agree. that you do have. I, I think that when I think, like, I never think to myself, like, 
you know, how happy am I? I try to think of how like at peace I am. Yeah. I try to strive for yeah. peace more because yeah. I feel like for me, happiness is kind of like an emotion. There you go. And I'm never like happy like all the time. Because you can be happy you know? and like, say it shifts. Yeah, like I'm stressed or like I'm fearful and then I'm like, by the end of the day, if I got the core of all that bullshit, I'm like at peace, then I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, that's it. There we go right there. The happiness is the emotion and peace, I feel like, is the action or the lifestyle. And, and people striving for that unrealistic goal and expectation is probably a big part of why they're depressed in the first place. Yeah, without, yeah, without understanding that, that, that sometimes it may not even be depression. A lot, of the case, a lot of the times it may not even be depression. You may just feel like shit right now because you got XYZ going on in your life. You didn't eat right. Yeah. You didn't yeah. sleep enough. You got all these things going on, so now you just feel like trash, or now you just stand up in the house, and all that stuff leads to depression. Like, Mm. depression doesn't come just because of, like, you bumped your head. Like, it's a a collection of things that get you to a certain place. But once you get to that place, you got to ask yourself, okay, how long am I willing to stay here? You know, because I think I firmly believe in habits, right? We can habitually fall into depression. Right. Just because we're lazy. Mm. Right. We can habitually fall into some form of substance abuse. We can habitually become anxious and things like that because of the way we're living our life. Right. So if we live our life according to to just how we feel at that moment, that's going to happen over and over and over. Then you're just going to be living your life on autopilot. Now it's real hard to get out of your shit. What about like people who are predisposed genetically to depression, anxiety and that type of thing? So. I'm all right. So, so my take on that will rub like a lot of people the wrong way because I firmly believe that we are born like empty, like just blank slates, right? We may be predisposed because, you know, our parents may have gone through it and and we may be born in a certain environment. So they may put us at a higher at risk, Mm -hmm. but born with something is hard for me to say, right? Solely because I, if you open one door, you open all the doors, right? I don't believe people are born gay. I don't believe people are born straight. I don't believe people are born happy, dumb, smart, whatever the case may be. You may be born with some form of disability or whatever like that, but just because you have that disability, that does not make you greater or less than anybody out here, Mm -hmm. right? So when it comes to being born with some form of, let's say, substance abuse or depression or things like that, you're higher at risk because you're you're higher at risk because your parents, you know, lived their life a certain way. So you're looking at it. You're viewing it from a depressive lens because that's what your that's what your environment is. So you're more you're all nurture versus nature. Yeah. Extreme. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. A good view to have. I don't think it's that bad because if it is nurture, then you have more control over it because then. Well, when you tell someone they're just born that way, like depressed, then it's like it's kind of hard to be like, oh fuck. This it's is very how I am. it's very defeating when you say I'm born this way because yeah. that's what I am. Because then it's like, what the fuck do I do now? I, I actually agree with you, but I do think there's also a part of the other side of it. Uh huh. I don't know. It's I don't I don't think we really know, which is it's interesting because we're still learning a lot. Yeah. It's funny to to think about how young we are as a society or as humans, like. You know, we're antidepressants and like mm-hmm. the stomach and the brain are still like very complex and we don't know a lot about either mm-hmm. of them. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think it's important to have like the open 
my an open mind and, and have that dialogue. And I, 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 dude, I, I, even if you aren't born, even if you are born as a blank slate and all this shit, like I've always said, you're just a collection of influences and what you were taught and, and what you, you learned, which most of you don't really have control over anyway. So yeah. you do have control over try, maybe deciding to get out of that. But even that you don't have control over because yeah, yeah. what makes you decide mm-hmm. I actually wrote a paper on this, okay. basically stating that there is no free will because <laughs> mm. if I choose to do something, it's because of a collection of influences and, so, like, basically so, what you're saying is you're molded into who you are by your surroundings. Yeah. And you don't really have control over a lot of that. So, basically, everything happens for a reason. Even the smallest, the most minute thing. Um, I, I didn't say that. Okay. But I'm not saying I don't believe that. Got it. But what, I said, what I'm saying is that, like, even if it's a choice you're making, the choice is being made based on who you become. Got it. So it's kind of a little bit of a... I think you probably would agree with me. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. But just the way I said it was kind of extreme. No. You don't have free will. But like I chose to get sober and I did all this work to be sober, but really... But you made that choice based upon a collection of things. Yeah, like if my dad wasn't who my dad was, if I didn't see the right movies and if I wasn't influenced... If everything that happened in my life didn't happen in my life, I would have probably... I could have chose something different. Yeah. And I could be strung out under a bridge right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're 100% true, right? Well, I believe that wholeheartedly, right? Yeah, yeah. Like nothing, I believe nothing just happens for the sake of happening, right? I believe it that. is kind of a cop out. Oh, I was born like that. And I was, and I was just about to get that, yeah. right? Like, that's a side of mental health that a lot of people don't want to touch, right? And mm-hmm. the reason why I'm not afraid to touch that is because I work in a psych ward, right? I deal with patients, my youngest patient that I've ever had, like six. The oldest patient that I've had was like fucking in their 90s, right? From the worst of the worst to like the, the typical like 50s crazy pedagogy type of patient to like a regular simple kid walking down the street. And a lot of the youth these days, they use a lot of that stuff as cop-outs, as they scapegoats, uh, right? It's really, it's really common So, too. yeah. So, so the argument of, you know, am I predisposed or do I, ha- do I have... <clears throat> Especially with the uh, the, the, the the OCD, or, OCD or depression, HDHD, and all, all this these stuff. Things. Like you're, he's he is. How old are you? I'm 27. Yeah, so you're 20, 22. So he's you probably see a lot of that. Oh yeah, I was about to say like on Facebook or Tumblr, I see so many memes of like like uh, when you open the fridge to get your serotonin, but there's none left. Like a lot of like really deep like jokes about like. Depression, anxiety, OCD, you know, I think PTSD probably gets thrown around the most. Like some people say, oh, I have PTSD from that. I'm like, yo, I don't think you know what that means, you know, but um, I was actually like a part of that in the beginning because yeah. I've, and like when I was like 15, because I felt like there was something wrong with me, you know, and like the, my first, my first like exposure to the idea of mental health idea and depression were like it, this like community of people. And I was just like, I didn't feel alone anymore. So then I became part of it and then I did therapy and everything. But after I, you know, got sober and I got off all my med, my medications, 
I kind of got a good distance from all of it to really see it for what it is. And I feel like a lot of people do self-diagnose and over-diagnose. And I think doctors over-diagnose and over-prescribe medication too. Definitely that. Definitely that. So I'll touch on that. We can touch on that in a little bit. But I like, I believe this is just, a, this is, I believe firm. Like it's just a lot of the cases, just a lot of emo kids right? <laughs> just really out here. Just really doing a lot of stuff. Because the yeah. one thing I hate, the contradiction, the biggest contradiction that I have within it, within how society is viewing and looking at mental health right now is that it's the absolute most trendy thing out here right now, right? I believe it's firmly trendy, right? So you have a bunch of people, a bunch of kids talking about these things, and you have a bunch of attention seekers, you know, who 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 use, you know, the predisposed stuff or use cutting or use substance abuse and stuff like that as a cop-out just to get away from, you know, some of their stuff because, you know, they were spoiled and their parents may have not gave them this certain thing or whatever. But, however, even though I don't like the Trinity side, at least it's being spoken about, yeah, right? Whether, yeah, it's yeah. Being, whether it's being spoken about in a negative light or, or, or whatnot, it's, gonna, it's being spoken about. So that means somebody somewhere at some time is going to be there and shut everything down. This shit is going to be mm-hmm. right. Yeah, well, I, think, I think that's a good byproduct of it, too, because, like, now people are more open to talking about suicide and mental yeah. health and like no there are people like i think and this kind of will bring me to like well i just wanted to say well jordan peterson i think is one of those people that's talking about like how i you know you were saying being in the house being lazy and 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 feeding that depression is kind of where what causes depression. So I think, I think you do have to do a certain amount of uncomfortable things every yep. day to stay, which is kind of the yin yang thing. And Jordan's talking about it. And I just wanted to say that that piece that like, I was listening to Mike Posner today. His last album was like a poetry album. Whoa. And his new one that's coming out is like supposed to be dope. This dude's got like a beard. Yo, that like, guy is sick. You, no, he's right. He is he's sick. Wait, he's came wait, through. No, no, what, sick, sick in he, a good way. Yeah, yeah sick in a wait, good way. What? He, he had a really hit song, right? What no, was, this. So, so he did um, Cooler Than. Yeah, that, that song. Wait, that guy? Yeah, yes. so Trip, though. He disappeared. I, but you know, I took a pill and it be easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To show Avicii I was cool. Yeah. And, and, and that song's all about like having it, then losing it. And being depressed because you thought it was going to make you happy, which is very similar to something I went through. Yeah. So he purposely like slept in his van or something for like, I think like some months or some shit just to kind of, he purposely put himself in that place of losing it all. So, so this dude is in this one, he's literally transforming on like a, a public yep. platform and speaking about it. You should trip on Whoa. this dude shit. Like that song, I, I took idea. a pill in Ibiza is amazing. He's like, he said, uh, to each other was cool. I run into people that, that like know me because of the song. And then he says like, um, you don't want to be, uh, high like me. Never known. Um, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> He said, he said, uh, the girl, you know, she, she, she woke up and, and I couldn't open up to her. Like he's getting really vulnerable on that song. Oh, wow. I actually want to pull up the lyrics cause they're fucking amazing. Um, he's like, everyone knew me for this song. And then like, I spent all my money and like, now I don't have a hit. I mean, he wrote that song as an acoustic song. And then these, the C- Siba dudes like remixed it and it blew. And then he came out 
again recently with even more hits and is bigger than he ever was. But now this fool's gone like full, like monk, like beard. He looks like a fucking hippie monk. Yeah. And he's talking about like happiness and he's outwardly like Tim sent me something about all the shit we talk about. Like these things aren't going to make you happy. And he's just like saying it, but, but in this poetry album, which is actually really pretentious and kind of corny, <laughs> but it's all good. Like I, I love the guy. And I listen to it and I, and I notice things that kind of are like, ooh, that was a little like corny, but it's still dope. Like, I love that he's doing that, but he talks about feeling nothing, but it's not a bad thing. Mm. It's like, I'm just neutral. And like, for me, I've been doing a lot of like growing and, and learning about my stuff and learning to like kind of have more of a balance and it's hard. Mm-hmm. I'll find myself just chilling like, okay. And it's almost as if I'm so used to that chaos or that I almost like want to create it or I want to yeah. live on in the extremes. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard to, it's almost uncomfortable just to be at yeah. peace. It's because the chaos is our balance, right? Chaos is our. Which the, kind of like brings me to what you said about like maybe people don't want to be happy or at peace because like all they know what, where they're comfortable is in that chaos or in that depression yeah. or in that struggle. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and, 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 but I think more so than anything, it's important that people actually are aware of that, you know, that their comfort place is a chaotic zone. Like, the, I know a lot of people, you know, who are perfectly comfortable with being locked up. It sounds crazy. Right. But we know people who are who are comfortable with being locked it's up. That's all they know. Are they Are they bad or any worse than the other person? No. That's where their comfort level is at, and a lot of people assume and I like how you how you said, and I guess my postman said this, you know, this whole feeling of being numb, but we're not looking at it from a negative light. See, a lot of people yeah. look at numbness as negative, as if you're supposed to feel feelings all the time and things like mm. that. Like, yeah, you know, we are going to feel feelings and things like that, but there's going to be a certain point in time where you just like, uh Right. And that's fine, right? We all, we, we, I think people are always trying to put something out there because I always want to feel included or entitled or anything like that but being literally nowhere sometimes can give you that peace mm-hmm. but because we live in a in a society where everything has to be going on yeah that feeling of nowhere is like what the fuck it's the scariest place ever so yeah i feel like in my own like meditation when i'm like actively trying to find it i enjoy it but then yeah. when in my like waking life it's kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But then I try to remind myself, like, mm-hmm. no, 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 this is what, this is what you want. Mm-hmm. This is where you like, want to be. This is where, when I'm, like, stressed out on a bunch of work, like, this is where I'm, like, looking forward to be, right? But when I'm there, it's, like, weird. And I'm not used to it. And I kind of had to, like, train myself to enjoy it. And, really, di- like, and really appreciate it. It's a discipline. Yeah, it is. So I've been, like, for the past few months, and I'm really going to, like, really dive into it this year. I've been making it a point to do at least one thing that I hate every single day. Mm-hmm. Right? At least one. I don't give a fuck what it is. It's waking up 30 minutes earlier, whatever it is. Um, and I got this. Con- I got that concept from this, this guy named David Goggins, right? And David Goggins is like this ex uh, Navy SEAL dude. We know him, right? Yeah, yeah I know him, right? And the Joe Rogan shit was crazy. Yeah, I, think, I, I do think that that dude is a little bit extreme. Have you read his book and heard his story? I've heard his story and I listened to the whole podcast, and it was one of the most. It was one of the craziest podcasts yeah. I've ever heard. And I respect that guy for sure, but I also do think that his approach is like 
what, a little his, too far. His approach isn't for everybody. What right. is his approach? His approach is just kind of like like the more pain you but see, the more pain like, you oh. see. Right? He wants you to feel. He wants you. He wants you to be able to feel comfortable in that pain. Not more so like I'm gonna do something I hate every single day to magically fall in love with it. It's like no, I need to do something that I hate every single day. So when I come across that hateful thing, is I'm not going to be uncomfortable with it right mm. and i've taken that approach because what i've looked at especially when i especially when i work with a lot of my trauma patients right the one true thing to get over any type of trauma is that you have to face that shit right yeah, we, yeah. we come up with all of these exactly we come up with all of these like different type of coping skills and different mecha- de- defense mechanisms mm-hmm. and all this other stuff to try to deal with it while we're in the mix of it but we never speak about approaching it right so in order to build that tolerance because i believe you can build a tolerance to anything he, he, in order to build that tolerance you gotta start doing shit that you hate to callous your mind exactly right he yeah, talks um, about callousing your mind yeah yeah you dude. know how you build calluses yeah on your- yeah dave you know david hate on the joe rogan podcast had a similar thing about like this generation and like sensitivity of like we were raised in this generation of like very anti-bullying, no teasing and stuff like that. But the problem with that is once you get into the real world and someone does tease you or bully you, you don't know how to handle it because you haven't had exactly. the brain calluses. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, there, and I think there is good some good to that. Uh, he is talking about like he talks about like like um, embrace the suck. Yeah. Or like like actually think about him. Most of the time when I'm running, every time I, I would say basically almost every time I run or I work out, I think about him and Joe Rogan and how they talk about like, like, like embrace that pain and that like that suck. Like the suck is like when you fucking hurting yeah. and pushing yourself yeah. further and further. Yeah. And like I do think there is some good to that. But I think that that dude is talking about like living in that like as much as possible. Yeah, yeah which is kind of like he, crazy. like 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 in his book he was talking about how like like he like in his book he one part in his book I don't know if it was a book or a specific interview but he was talking about how he was training like this millionaire or some shit and he would tell this millionaire like if it's cold we're just gonna go out and rain like he'll do fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. shit just because and he's mm-hmm. big on like if my mind is telling me not to do it I'm going to go do it right and it's like you said he's too far like yeah. off of the radar yeah, like yeah. It, it, his concept is dope at the end of the day his concept is that you're not going to become better unless you go through some shit mm-hmm. right but he's purposely putting himself in some shit every single day like he didn't have to complete. He didn't have to complete his Navy SEALs training on like two fucking broken shins, and he didn't have to run fucking thirty six hours straight and do all of this reckless shit for no fucking reason. He's just doing it for the sake of my brain is telling me I I can't do it. So fuck you, brain. I'm going to go do this shit right. So so I think there's a balance. No, it definitely is. And he's doing. He's unbalanced in a way that most people aren't. Most mm-hmm. people are like more gravitating towards that lazy what's comfortable and he's like fuck that I'm going hard on this way and I think he went a little too far with it and towards the end of that podcast you could kind of hear some of his uh like anger and like you could kind of hear that coming out like like yeah yeah you're really good at a lot of that physical stuff but like are you really doing the work mentally and emotionally 
I think he is. I just think it's it's a different approach, right? Every yeah. it, it's. It, I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, think it, anyone can really. I think he's dope and super. Yeah, it is like guy. it's a bu- it's a bunch of different ways to get to this house. A bunch of different ways to get to this house. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just chose the one specific way. So it's a bunch of different ways to get to your balance, to get to your happy medium. You know, your approach may be just like I know I'm a there. I'm a very like honest, blunt. I'm not the 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 hold your hand type of therapist, right? I'm oh, not yeah. that type of therapist at all. And I understand that that works with a lot of my patients, but I also understand there's some patients that are going to be like, "Yo, I don't fuck with you at all. You're the worst therapist I ever had." And that's fine, but more so than anything, <laughs> I think it's about understanding where you're at and being comfortable where you're at. And the only thing that I like about him that, you know, I that a lot of people try to do is that um he doesn't force from what I picked up, he's not trying to force you. However, it may be he may be a little bit condescending right. in his approach, you know, because he, he looks at people kind of weird if you're not trying to go all the way out. But at the same time, I think he kind of understands that, you know, you can't do what I do and that's fine. Yeah. How, how do you feel about um like the current state of mental health in America? Like, uh, do you feel like like it's, yeah, do you feel like it's like a positive uptrend of like people are more aware and they're more comfortable to talk about like suicide and like, you know, like rappers dying and that, and like drug addiction. I mean, whether, whether this shit is positive (laughs) or negative, it's there. So that's the only thing that I really mess with. I don't like whether it's positive or negative, it's there. So that means somebody is going to speak about it. There's going to be other people, you know, that there's going to be other people that's going to turn around and make it as dope as it can be. So I don't get too caught up in like the positive or the negatives because there are some people out there who say weird, stupid stuff that it comes to it. There are people who are out there who just attention seek because they come from a certain place. There are people out there who yeah. just flat out lie because they want the attention. But do, do you feel like social media plays a bad role in mental health? Like, I feel like so, I feel like mental health would not be where it's at today without social media. Oh, oh so no. you're saying it's positive? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I think so too. Yeah. Because it connects everyone and everyone can, you know, talk about all, shit. Although, and, um, I was listening to this, uh, this other podcast about this, you know, this psychologist was on Joe Rogan. He was talking about how if you look at the rate of depression in the ages of like 10 to 12, every year it's like, it's like low, right? But in the year like 2009, there's a huge spike, 64%, right? In girls only. And he said it's because, like, girls get on the internet early and they see, like, pr- other prettier girls. And then their version of bullying is more like social isolation. And that's easier to do on. Like, got, boys just get phones and they, they play video games and porn. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. But, like, mm-hmm. girls have, like, use social media for this validation social thing. And he, he pretty much blames social media for that spike in depression. So I was wondering what you thought about that. I mean... Like before anything is good, it, it, it got to turn to shit. It has to turn to shit, and obviously, it's it's like I firmly believe like social media didn't create anything new. I just believe it, it hit the fast forward button on a lot of shit. Yeah, Whoa. and people, right? I believe like the like if we look at the depression now, depression now with a lot of these like, especially when we come to a lot of the rappers, right? Who who talk about drugs and depressed and all this other shit. These are just the emo kids that we grew up with in high school, 
right? The only yeah. thing is the emo kids now they have a platform to speak yeah. about it, and being emo is cool now. Like little, like little peep was that emo kid in high school. He just yeah. had a giant platform to tell it. Yeah, about. so I don't think social media did any. I think it just fast forward. I think it just big ass spotlight. Yeah, on and, and and people are going to uh, use things irresponsibly. Yeah. And, yeah, and people that are using social media irresponsibly and are becoming addicted to it and using it as a form of validation. Yeah. It's the same as like using like a prescription drug similar to that. But the other, the other flip side to that is that like, there's so much good that can come from like, like a drug is only used to make you feel better. Like the internet's used to communicate. It's used to teach. It's used for so many great things. So I think that that question is kind of, I loved it. I loved your answer. Yeah. Though. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Just real quick. I just want to read these lyrics just to go back to the music shit. Go Cause ahead. I just want you to, um, I took a pill in Ibiza to show Avicii. I was cool. Then when I finally got sober, I felt 10 years older but fuck it. It was something to do. <clears throat> I'm living out in LA. I drive a sports car just to prove I'm a real big baller. Cause I made a million dollars and I spend it on girls and shoes. You don't want to be high like me. Never really knowing why like me, you don't ever want to step off that roller coaster and be all alone. <clears throat> Whoa. You don't want to ride the bus like this. Never knowing who to trust like this. You, you don't want to be stuck up on that stage singing Suck up on that stage singing. All I know <clears throat> are sad songs, you know, sad songs. And then that's the chorus. I'm just a singer who already blew his shot. <laughs> I mean, when you take it out of context, it's like, whoa. But hold up. It's sad, bro. Yeah. And when he wrote this song, he was completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Fools were like, Mike Posner, who's that? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember who that was. Didn't he have that one song, right? So I'm just a singer who already blew his shot. I get along with old timers because my name's a reminder of a pop song people forgot. (laughs) And I can't keep a girl, no, because as soon as the sun comes up, I cut him loose and works my excuse. But the truth is I can't open up. That yeah. go that, that 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 that's heavy. I'm trying dude. to I'm trying to that. imagine the acoustic version in my head, and it's like heavy, man. <clears throat> like, oh, I'm busy. Like, I gotta get my shit done, right? It's just because you don't want to be vulnerable. All of that is that shame shit we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's kind of that's like that's everything that it's talking about. That's why I love this dude so much. Um, I can't open up, and then the chorus comes again. You don't want to be high like me, you know. And the, and then the last <clears throat> verse is, I took a plane to my hometown. I brought my pride in my guitar. All my friends are all gone, but there's manicured lawns and people still think I'm a star. I walked around downtown. I met some fans on Lafayette. They said it's, they said, tell us how to make it because we're getting real impatient. So I looked them in the eye and said, you don't want to be like me. You don't ever want to step off that roller coaster. And then like, he's, he basically, that's what I love about this is like, I love it when an artist can get honest and vulnerable. And I use this as an example of how like through honesty and vulnerability, I mean, this isn't always the route. This is actually probably the road less traveled nowadays with artists, but he's such a great example of an artist who was able to get honest and vulnerable and it worked on like such an incredible level. 
where like I think at the end of the day he's a good songwriter. Mm-hmm. And this was actually a good song that someone remixed and then he continued to write good songs. But this new song is about like <clears throat> or one of the poems is about like I got a number one hit in the UK and like I don't even give a fuck because I'm not happy and all this stuff. So <clears throat> I just wanted to read those lyrics because for anyone who's listening who kind of maybe likes that song or whatever, like it's really cool to like actually s- hear how dope. How dope and then how because like I'm big on like I'm big on vulnerability and helping people understand that being vulnerable is like the ultimate strength. Yeah, it like, really it's the is. ultimate form of like courageousness and things like that, right? Because being vulnerable, when you're vulnerable, you literally like standing on this table naked. Mm-hmm. Like ain't nobody trying to be out here naked. Ain't nobody trying to be out here with their stuff out there. But everyone has a body. Everyone has a body. So everyone knows what it's like to be naked so when you get vulnerable you have everyone else going like oh like i get that because everyone is insecure <clears throat> yeah but not everyone is secure in their insecurities but once i realized that everyone else is struggling with all the same shit i'm struggling with <clears throat> it took that fear out of being vulnerable and when i speak at meetings and in front of people or to my employees i realized like i'm no like they're not better or I'm not better. They're no different. So when I talk honestly and openly, it's like, it's, it's people respect that and they appreciate that. And they're like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I, and that's the same approach that I have with like a lot of my patients. And I think that's like the main reason why a lot of my patients respect me. Mm-hmm. Cause I always tell them like the only difference between me and you is that I have a piece of paper that says I could apply for this job Yeah, that I'm now in debt with. So, like, who's really winning at the end of the day, you know? So, and it's because of certain things like that that we help people understand mm-hmm. that ain't there's no difference. Mm-hmm. But because we're we're weighing and we're comparing my shit to yours, we're trying to figure out what's going on or who's it's some ego stuff at the end of the day. You know, we're doing all this comparing yeah. stuff. It's just like, okay, now we're just digging ourselves into a hole without realizing I'm on the same level as you. I'm on the same level as you <clears> all the time. But we just, like I said, got to be secure in our insecurities. Now, how do you get to that place? Is by being vulnerable. Because once you put yourself out there, you're going to realize that people really don't give a fuck like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I've had to realize. People really don't care about you as much as they say you do, as much as they say they do. They're not thinking about you, like, all the time. Like, you might have your loved ones. They're thinking but... about themselves. But how do you get vulnerable, right? So I'm just thinking of a couple people that I know, um, myself included, when I had a problem getting vulnerable, it was, I think the main reason why people can't get vulnerable is because they're afraid um, that they'll be seen as less than or, and their insecurities are preventing them from being able to be honest. So they're like, oh, if I say this, that I'm afraid or that I don't know if I can do this, then they're going to fire me or, you know, so <clears throat> how does someone get like enough confidence to be able to be vulnerable? I think that. You know I, mean, I mean, you, no, I, I get what you're saying. How exactly do you get to that place of vulnerability? And how do you get there? At the end of the day, <clears throat> like at the end of the day, we can figure out all sorts of methods and figure out, you know, OK, do this this way and you know, write down a book and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, whatever it is, you just got to go out there and do it. 
Right. Right. Just, mm-hmm. just it, like, and I like to keep things as simple like that solely because when we start to complicate things, it gets all, people get all weird. Anxiety starts to go all up. People get all scared and stuff like that. So I, I purposely try to keep things that simplified so I can help you understand that whatever you're trying to do is achievable. You just have to do it. But the simple thing is so complicated because people are looking for the complicated answer. Mm-hmm. Because a simple answer makes them feel as if they're dumb or makes them feel as if they're not as strong because they can't just go out there and do it. Right. So when it comes to trying to get to that vulnerable place or how can you be vulnerable? The simple thing, well, what's one thing that you don't like about yourself? OK, bet. just tell the person that. Right. Like I have a radio show and on mental health and I've never in life thought about doing radio. Like, it doesn't appear like it, but I'm very, like, introverted. Like, I don't like people at all. Like, I don't like going to the clubs. I, I've never been to a concert. I don't like being around a lot of people because my anxiety starts to go up. That leads to aggression, and I'm going to start to fight. So it's just like I don't put myself out there, right? Um, but when it comes to this radio show, what I've realized is that the more you put yourself out there, the le- the less people are going to have to say to you. It's more so living your truth type of thing, but also that – um when you have no experience at doing anything, that's the best thing that you can have. Because even when it comes to being vulnerable, because when you have that no experience and shit, you're going to win all the time. If you lose, if you lose, you really won because you never really wanted to do it anyway. So why not? But if I win and I come up on top, it's like, cool. I, ne- I never wanted to do it. So it's a win-win situation. So when it comes to figuring out how to be vulnerable and certain things that you have to do, Figure out what's one thing that you have to do and put yourself in that position. It's like what I was saying earlier about doing something that you hate every single day. That one uncomfortable thing that you are are about yourself, just say it. But it's hard as shit to just sit there and be like, I'm gay. Like, yeah. It's hard. Like It's I, the hardest thing in the world. For, for me, I mean, it was really hard for me to be vulnerable until I got to AA. Yeah. And it, it was like a community of people that were all vulnerable and they all like supported each other. And then, and then I started doing it like slowly, you know, to my sponsor. Yeah. First, take your time with it. Yeah. 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 Just like little things. And then, and then you do the steps and then you do like step four and five, which is like all your secrets and all your resentments. Then you feel really close to this one person and then you get vulnerable to this one person with all the shit that you could possibly be like afraid to tell someone. And then he's kind of like, okay, and then you're like, oh, so I was tripping over nothing. You know what I mean? Like people are actually really appreciate vulnerability and being open with them. And yeah. I feel like it's kind of rare too. So you get even more appreciation. Yeah. But it's hard in the business space. Like <clears throat> if you're trying to sell a, a client or if you're trying to look a certain way, you can't just be like, oh, by the way, guys, like, I'm not really sure if I'm like good enough to do yeah. this job and low key, yeah. low key, I'm yeah. kind of tripping yeah. and like, I'm going to fail. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to know when to do it and when not to do it. You ain't just going to put yourself out there. Um, but you know what the truth is? The truth, it, that's where I think it, it's important to like know yourself and, 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 and have that confidence and be like, yo, I actually can do this. If I have this, mm-hmm. like, yeah, for the for the network thing, like, yeah. if you had more information or if you were able to get 
And then now you're able to ask for what you need because you're like being real. Mm -hmm. You have to have the confidence to get to that place. Yeah. Like we're not like all good or all bad. Like we're, we're good, but then we're bad at some things and we need to be able to improve on those things. But the bigger, bigger thing is how do you get to that confident place? I'm honestly like working on that right now. Like I don't know how to be confident. Like even even like, yeah, like even with myself and like I've never had like a patient tell me I was ass. I've never I work with like the worst of the worst patients. I never had a patient like try to punch me, tell me I was ass, tell mm. me like I've never had anything negative come to me when it comes to being a therapist. However, I be feeling like I don't know what I be doing a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. I really sit there and right. be like, damn, I really just said that shit. That shit was dope, but right. You know, so it, it, but that's good, man. That's that humility that is so awesome to have. It is, it is. But it's, it's hard, though. But it, yeah. it's like <laughs> it, you got to have a balance of humility and like confidence too, because you can't have like in my experience, I can't be <clears throat> humble all the time because then I can't get anything done. I Actually, can't. I disagree. Like, like he just said, like he was able to say that thing with humility, and and. But it was still a great thing that he said. Mm-hmm. And then that gives him like an open mind. Like I do, I actually think, and especially if we're applying these steps, right? And especially if we're with a power, like we can be humble all the time and listen. But can you be, be like open. humble and confident at the same time? Well, the only you way, can. yeah, the only way you can really have humility is if you have like a realistic amount of yeah, confidence. Yeah. Mm. Cause you can be, you can or else be you're just shit like a bitch. Right. Like, cause like, that's what Jordan Peterson talks about is like, like the, <laughs> the beatitudes are like, um, you know, um, the world belongs to the meek, you know, and the meek is like blessed someone who are the meek. Blessed are the shall meek. Inherit the earth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're like, we think of meek as like someone who's like quiet and like doesn't yeah. talk to people. <laughs> right. But, the actual Hebrew translation, meek actually, the word they use isn't meek. It's something like he who holds a big stick but chooses not to use it. So like his meek or his humility is like you have the ability to like be confident and you choose not to be in a way. You get what I get, I'm, you get, I get what I'm that. Saying? It's like listening even though you think you have the answer. Or maybe, yeah. or like, you know, you have the answer, yeah, right? But you you're like still it. listening with an open mind because maybe you can learn something new rather than like, oh, I got it. Yeah. Like, <clears> see, <throat> I'm trying to get to that level of like having the big stick behind my back. Too. I think like, you do really well too. Like you, you're low key, you're honest, you're vulnerable and, and you do the best you can. And you're like, I think you're doing great. But like, do you agree that I, like, I need improvement in like the confidence area i don't know i just don't think i just think that we all need to like abandon the fear and then yeah. also you got to understand that's the that hard part yeah verbalizing and vo- verbalizing your lack of confidence in something is com- is confident yeah it is telling someone that i don't have confidence in this mm-hmm. is is putting your confidence out there right even though even though like even though you may not feel like you're the like the, the the best when it comes to, I don't know, videography, right? You, you're still going to do it, and you're still going to do it openly. You're going to tell people, hey, I may not know what I'm doing, but I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to work my ass off to get it done to the best of my ability, mm-hmm. right? Have confidence in that because through that, you're going to grow. And, and like you yeah. said, just go do it. 
Exactly. So like David Fincher probably doesn't really think he's like the best, right? But he's just done it so much and he's yeah. developed his own style, but he probably thinks like, damn, like this style's getting old and like I don't really like how I did this or that or maybe maybe he's just like super ego, which is really mad, insecure, whatever. It's kind of weird how that works, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if you're acting like you're the shit, like you're probably like low key, like insecure, super insecure. No fucking low key. It's like yeah, that's that veil. That's <laughs> yeah. that veil that we gotta yeah, yeah. right. But the crazy part is that a lot of times those are the people that are like mad successful. Some of them sometimes, right? Because they just like are so driven by fear that they go so hard and they get and they win and they win. <laughs> that's Takashi Six Nine. <laughs> Right. So to say, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have this veil and put it out there in the world and everybody's gonna gravitate towards it, even though I know what I'm putting out there is shit. You know, sometimes we can get we we get too caught up in our shit that we just like ain't no turning back. Like mm-hmm. you can't you don't wanna get to that place to where you've lived a a life so what's the right where I wanna use it is. You don't want to live a life to where it's it, it's so fucked up and it's so far gone that you're not going to be able to come back to who you are. <laughs> because especially a lot of people within, you know, this culture and entertainment and things like that. I firmly believe a lot of these artists, the life that they're living and the music that they're making, it probably really isn't them. Right. Yeah. And they've gone so far off the radar that if they decide to go back, people are going to be like, what the fuck? So, like, that's why I respect my opposing so much, because I feel like he went all the way out there. Uh-huh. But then he took a step back. But the thing is, he wasn't he wasn't afraid he wasn't afraid to take a step back and he wasn't he wasn't afraid to express and expose the fact that he took a step back to figure out who he was. But I agree, but what's interesting about that is that I don't know, he was sort of forced to like yeah. he lost. So he was blessed with like God or however you want to say it, like the universe or God, like, like, like DDA, like sometimes you get hit with some fucked up shit that you think is bad, like losing your success or Lyme's disease, or in my case, like starting to lose the clout I had on, on, in the music scene. And then all of a sudden that humbles you and opens you. And now you're actually willing to get open and honest because you don't have as much to lose. Like what you said about, um, uh, if you don't have any experience, I, I, you were kind of saying something about if you don't have experience, you can't lose. Yeah, and I, it didn't yeah. quite. So I was resonate. Saying, Did you? I didn't really understand what so, you were saying. So in regards to that, I was saying the reason why if you don't have experience in a certain thing, you don't lose is because of um with you this learn. radio with this radio sh- you learn right. So with this yeah, radio thing exactly. that I have, I don't have any experience. I've never went to school for. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted to do it at all. So if I just go out there and do it. And I don't do it well. I don't have any experience. So, so that's the thing is if you don't have expectations. It's right there. That yeah, word right and, there. And, the, and, and the I expectations. Actually, I actually think that we can have experience in something and also have low, no expectations and stay in that place. Yeah. And and sometimes it gets hard to stay there. But Mike Posner is was forced to go back there because he had already kind of lost shit. So mm-hmm. he was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. I'm just going to open up. Yeah. And even though he was forced to go back there, how many people are forced to go back there and accept the fact that they're back there? Right? It's like that. Wait, what do you mean? 
So how, how many people? How many people are forced to? How many people are forced to fall off the the railroad track and accept the fact that they fell off the oh, railroad it, rather track rather than like try to keep acting it's, like they're still on? Exactly right. So like right. I believe or like Mike Poland, yeah. So Mike Poland, right. he fell off, but he was like, okay, I fell off. Let me make the best out of this part, uh-huh. right? So there's <laughs> yeah. so many people who fall off and just continue to fight and yeah. pull and pull. Like I like I, I said this on my radio show probably like a few weeks ago that sometimes like. Trauma can be there for a bunch of different reasons. Sometimes traumas may be, sometimes trauma may be God's way of trying to reset your button, right? Yes. You know, because God may be trying to tell you, like, you're not supposed to be on this path, so I'm about to fuck your shit up so you can get back on the right path. Yeah. But but we don't look at it as such. But when you're in it, like, I was just recently in it. When you're in it, it's so painful. Like, Uh failure is so painful, like, you know, and that's kind of a new thing for me is, like, like, a big failure in my career, but like, cause usually I mess up like little things, you know, but like I woke up that morning and I had, I slept here and I had two nightmares. Yeah. Like after a lot, like I couldn't sleep. I was having nightmares about the guy that owns the other company. And I, uh, and then I woke up with this, like this pain in my chest. The only other time I've had that is when I broke up with like my girlfriend, like my first <laughs> girlfriend, like, that like pain, but it's like, like Walter Goggins says: the pain is you're growing, and the pain, it, it, is the and, growing. Yeah. And the pain it was because I did grow a lot, and I did learn a lot about myself. But also, like the pain is kind of like it's kind of like poetic in a way, you know. Like uh, Louis C.K. has like a sketch where he's he's really sad about breaking up with this girl, right? And the old guy's walking with him, and he's like, he's like, "What are you sad about?" And Louis's like, "Oh, I miss her, and I want her back." And he's like. He's like, no, 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 this is the good part. This is where you feel something. The bad part is when you forget about her. That's crazy. And like, I've been trying to be in that of like, really like appreciating pain. Kind of like what Goggins was saying, but not so like rough of a perspective. (laughs) Not all the way. Like Like, you ain't going to like, a lot of shit Goggins did that. I told that to my friend who's going through a gnarly breakup right now. It's been three months and he like can't stay off her Instagram. I'm like, dude, you need to relax. He's destroyed over it. And I showed him that video and he's like, you know, I've been trying to do that. Just like, like he sold Louis C.K. He's like, you're a walking poem right now. I'm so jealous of you. And the guy that was telling him that was this old dude who like his wife had died years ago. He's like, I wish I could feel that again. Mm-hmm. It's know? crazy. It's crazy that you said that because like I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a very mentally and spiritually. I feel like I'm in a very, very, very dope ass space right now because I've had this like crazy breakup with my ex. Right. Mm-hmm. And like when you mention your homeboy. And he can't stay off her Instagram. Like, yeah. I couldn't stay off her Instagram. So I, like, blocked her ass and, like, just did as yeah. much as stupid shit as I can to make sure I don't even see her name or whatever. But the thing is, what I've had to realize is that you got two choices, right? You can either put it in front of you and build that tolerance to that pain. So when you do see her name, when you do see that face, it won't hurt you. Or you could delete it and forget about it. But forgetting about it isn't doing anything but yeah. postponing that pain. Yeah. Right? So you got to figure out which one you want to do. Because he could forget about it. He could be like, ah, whatever. And then he's going to run into her one random day. Which he does then, because she goes to the but, same AA meetings as us. Exactly. But, but so also, always, also time does kind of lessen the pain. But I don't know that it heals. Uh, that's one thing I love that Bob Anderson says is he says time doesn't heal. Cause I think that maybe those feelings just get fragmented into like different areas, right? Yeah. Like you might over time, you might have less 
pain regarding that specific girl because you found maybe a new one or whatever, but you didn't really address. I mean, I think there's pain is inevitable. Nah, but th- that's true. That's for, a, when you break. That's a hundred percent true because I believe that there are certain things that we would just never heal from, right? Um, I don't believe in right. trying to like heal from everything, right? But it's just no know, knowing the pain. Exactly. I believe it. exactly. I believe more so in in, in working it. your way towards being at peace with what with what went on. Right. Because you could be at acceptance, pa- ex- accepting it, being at peace with it. Right. Because I can't like I, I watched my mother die. Right. Have I healed from that shit? Hell no. Nah, right. But am I at peace with the fact that that went on? Yeah. So even with that situation or anything else in life, you like we have to one accept it that it happened. And then we have to one not be afraid to actually face it. We get so caught up in the fact that I'm not able to heal from this situation. Ah, like it's not a it's not like a physical wound that you can see and you know it's gone. So we don't really know that our pain is gone until we're actually in somebody's face. Right. So that's the reason why people who are 60, they still may be crying and hurting over something that happened when they was 10 years old or like getting super angry. Exactly. Mm. Right. Because they've been avoiding it. They've been trying to forget about it their whole but life. Like, yeah. like, how do you know? confrontation versus dwelling in the pain. Like, I feel like he's, he's like dwelling in it. Like he's, there's no confrontation going on on his part. Like, it's just like him. Like he's like, I think what it is is that he hasn't accepted that she's gone. He's trying to get her back. Right. And he's trying to see what he could do to like play the nice guy. So do you think if he was like, it's, she's, she's, she's gone, it's over. And he was still looking at her stuff. That would be okay. Like that's kind of like con- confronting it, right, with acceptance. But but it depends what your intent is. Intent is also a big part of this too, right? Are you looking at her stuff with the intent to see if she's messing with another guy? Right. Are you looking at it with the intent to see where she's at, so you could possibly set something up? Because if he's hoping that they get back together, then he's that's exactly what he's doing. He's checking it out to see, okay, is she with anyone? Or this, this fool, wait, this is a kind of, this is just how crazy he is. He, so on Snapchat, it shows the, their location. So yeah. like hers is on. So he like found, he sees her at this certain house and he puts it together. This is this other dude from AA and he's like, she's fucking him. She's fucking, him. I'm like, dude, you need to like, you're just stabbing yourself in the heart. Like you yeah. need to like knock that off. And he like. He he uses like a different account to go on her Instagram and he's yeah, and he's trying to get her back still after all this. And I think he suffers from like low self esteem issues and that yeah, type of thing. hundred like, percent. And she kind of walks all over him in a way and he's still like is and willing it's, to take and her it's back. crazy because the way he's behaving from what you're talking about, he's never gonna get her back. Cause she's completely turned off. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were talking about <laughs> yesterday. But but like you said, it, it the intent, like there's also another way that he could be doing it. Like he could be accepting that she's gone and, and, and remembering that he did care about her and that he did love her, which kind of is impossible for someone who can't love himself. Yeah. But if he was able to love himself, then he could see her as just another person who he cares about. And he could be going on her Instagram going like, Oh, I hope she's cool. Is she okay? Oh, she's at that dude's house. Like maybe they're like, having fun together and maybe she's happy. Mm. There you go. Right. That's there. a different kind of intent. Yeah. Because, because, because if you, if you genuinely want the other person to be happy, if you genuinely love that other person, you'll be okay with the fact that they're with someone 
as long as they're happy. But if you want that other person so, so bad, you don't really want that person. You want the thought of that person because what that person is filling a void for you. Mm-hmm. So you aren't, you're not whole because that other person yeah. is filling that void that you weren't trying to attack. So you're, now you're just like, shit, I need, I need to find someone to fill that void. So, mm-hmm. so the key to all of it is you being whole. Yeah. And you being okay with you and you being accepting of you with all the good and all the bad. And then you can now go out and into the world and like have like meaningful real relationships. Like, um, but a lot of that has to do with like past traumas. And that's why it's cool to have a therapist to kind of guide, to hold, your hand, like, and not even necessarily guide you, but just to be there while you're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And it does take, like, for some people like me, a lot of time and energy and talking and a lot of, like, looking inwardly, like, for but a that's long all, time. But that's all a therapist is. A therapist is nothing more but a professional facilitator. Yeah, that's good that you say that. They were nothing more but a professional facilitator. Like, the best therapist, they don't give you no type of answers. That's like, when you yeah. don't do this. You just sit there and look at you. And then we kind of, we know what direction you're, you're trying to go. So we say little stuff to like guide you. In that, yeah, to give you that little push. Yeah. Or, right? maybe, or maybe not even that. Exactly. Whatever it like, is, maybe you like, just listen. Like my therapist sit there. doesn't say. I mean, this motherfucker—he'll <laughs> let me just talk about fucking Aaron for an hour, and then he'll be like, "All right, cool. See you next week." You just fucking wasted an hour, but you needed to like get that out get or whatever. Off. I mean, it took me. I've literally, it literally. I, I I have to say that like, it took me 15 years, and I'm just now really starting to be able to like have real boundaries and be honest about my limitations yeah. and tell people that I'm super afraid of losing like, yo, this is who I am. Yeah. Accept it or, or not because I know I'm good enough. But if I'm like tripping that I'm not good enough, I can't like tell them that this is who I am because then they'll see that I'm not good enough. Yeah. And because what that is, that's not the truth. Like you are good enough. Yeah. Like, but it's just because what that is easy to say, but it's hard to be emotionally connected to it because what that is, that is basically that what that person is trying to do is that person is trying to be good enough for them for that, whatever, without, without asking that self, is that person even good enough for me? Like, is that girl at the bar that just rejected me, was she good enough for me in the first place? Like, like did I just get saved, mm. you know, by mm. her turning me down or whatever, right? So it's just like a lot of people, I firmly believe a lot of people know the answers to their shit. I firmly believe a lot of people know exactly how to get out of their problem outside of people who are like schizophrenic and right. have these delusions, hallucinations. Like, I believe people outside of that you know how to get out of your shit. It's just a matter of who's going to help you go down that road. Yeah, th- this is actually crazy because what you just said r- r- made me think of something. It's like, oh, man, how do I explain this? It's like you can't convince yourself of things that aren't true. Like like you were talking about accepting the fact 
that your mom died and like for me it's accepting that my parents weren't really there for me yeah the way i needed them to be emotionally and therefore i i associate that with like them abandoning me Mm -hmm. and like i i know that this is like some super high level like shit that i just it's it's really hard to explain because like they're good parents like i love them they're not like bad they didn't like beat me or but they just didn't really know how to be there for me because when they got divorced, their divorce and their anger towards each other like was so much more important than being there for us. And they just couldn't they couldn't put that aside. Like when you're fighting with someone and it's mm-hmm. so important because you're insecure and you yeah. just need to get your point across rather than so like I know that, right? Yeah. So I can't like and for so long I was like not really wanting to see that or trying to pretend like it wasn't that way or yeah. whatever, but it, 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 he wasn't around. Yeah. He put work first. Yeah. Those are the facts. Like, so eventually you come to that conclusion and I, it's, it's really not the best example of like what I was trying to say, but it's like, if you're like, if you, if you harm a girl or if you act wrong and then you're like, Oh, like it's all good. Like, like eventually like it's going to catch up with you unless like what you said, you're some kind of sociopath. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's where it gets tricky. Yeah. Like when you were speaking, the first thing that the the thing that my brain immediately went towards and please correct me if I'm wrong, but the thing that my brain immediately went towards is this whole aspect of, uh, you know, the fact that we're not machines, we're not, I don't believe none of us are broken, right? We're not machines. We're just individuals who have unmet needs, right? So we need to find someone in order to meet that need. Mm-hmm. So when it came to the parents and the mm-hmm. abandonment thing, it was just like, I just had needs, yeah, right? And you just, as a parent, you didn't fulfill my needs. And we may not even know what our needs are at the moment. right? We just know that I need something from you. Despite whatever the situation is, I need something. Right. And that's the case with a lot of people when it comes to depression, anxiety and all these other things. Right. We just have unmet needs, but we just need to figure out what that need is so we can fill it. Mm. Right. So we can meet it. But we sit here in this place like I'm broken and all this other stuff. And when you're saying you're broken, you're implying that you need to be fixed and everything that's fixed isn't fixed correctly. Right. Mm. So it's just you got it's all about filling that void. What do you mean everything that's fixed isn't fixed correctly? You got a flat tire, I can put on no bolts, no nuts, or I put on put them on loose. Loose. You get what I'm saying? So I fix your tire, but the the nuts on there are are loose. Oh, so it's you, not fixed you're saying correctly. like you could fix it with like a, a band aid or drugs. Or I could just throw a band aid on it, but it's right. not going it's not right. gonna heal it. You're, yeah, so I the way I associated that with was like that's why we use drugs. Yeah, it's definitely. And that's is. why I used for so long was yeah. to like fix that pain. Yeah, because the, the drugs, the drug isn't the problem. It's actually a solution. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a different way of looking at that solution. You know, but yeah. So what what I needed was like uh, validation and like attaboys and like to be taken care of and like love and and, and attention, right? Yeah. So I'm now looking for that everywhere else. Yeah. I'm looking for that from you, from all my employees. I'm looking for that in my clients. I'm looking for that with my wife. And it's not until I realize, oh, shit, like that's what I never got from my parents. And I just need to give it to myself. Mm -hmm. 
So now I'm like, oh, I am good enough. Good job, Pat. I don't give a fuck if anyone else says it. Because I think it and I believe it. And, and, that's, right? and that's the place that we all fight and get to. Yeah, and I'm like fucking, it's crazy because I'm like finally like getting there. And it's really cool to be there because there's this sense of freedom. Yeah. Because I'm not like bound by what others think. Like like even just today, like, and Tim, it's just, it's just so hard. You weren't there, were you, when we were like getting into it? I was not when you guys left and did your own thing. He, oh, but you were there though. Yeah, yeah, in the studio. What did yeah. you think about all that? Uh, I feel like it's a recurring issue with you guys, but I feel like for some reason right now it's getting more intense than usual. Like it's becoming like you're kind of tired of it and you want to fix it. Right yes, now. and I, but I'm like I'm more able to present it as like a thing where it's like this is what I need, mm. or like or like this is who I am. Or like, I'm able to be a little bit more clear about like what the issue is rather than, um, it's just hard because I have a partner and, um, it's hard for me to like, business partner, right? Yeah. Like guilt or like admit where I fucked up. That's really hard for me. It has been in the past or it's hard for me to stand by what I think is dope mm-hmm. if he doesn't agree with it because I'm insecure. And I think that like, but, but, but now it's getting a little bit easier for me to be like, yo, I like that. And like, it's cool if you don't, mm-hmm. that's like so hard for me yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we left, we, we, we went outside of the room and I was like, you know, we, we're partners. We can't be each other's bosses and we need to kind of like, like when he was talking about, he was trying to like point out where we fucked up or where there was yeah. like, where, where, cause he, like, you remember the shooters yeah, and the, we're the like, budget. well, we, we needed the, all those shooters. Yeah. Like rather than like, rather than get all defensive about like how we could have done something different or, or how we like, I was just like, that's what it needed to be. And it's hard for me. It was, it was weird because I was going into the defensive, like, yeah. "Yeah, yeah." And then you just came in with that. Nope. That's how it needed to be. I was like, I need to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You see how that happens. And it kind of like, it's like, maybe it could have been different. I don't know. But like, it was how it was and we did what we needed to do and it couldn't have happened. Which which takes a lot of confidence in yourself to be able to say that. Yeah. Which is what I really respected about you in that moment was like, you're, you stuck to your guns, you know, like, especially when it's a person of like authority, like Tim, like, I'm like, all right, what what could I have done better? Like, where did I fuck up? Like, you know, but like the reality is we needed it. We needed that. Yeah, and, and you and it was nice to have you because you were like, yeah, I did tell you about that guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it, he's also an old friend. So, but he's he's a tricky one because th- this all started because we were talking about um. What were you just talking about that made me think of that? About Tim. Oh, about um. <laughs> Oh, getting to that place. Okay. We're all trying to get to that place. Yeah, yeah. Where we're able to be our own 
be okay with saying okay. Yeah, and, and, and be okay with like be our own like validator. Like yeah. it's good enough for me. Like uh, I did the best I can, and if you're not happy with what I did, that's okay. I'm gonna still do what I need to do. That's and it's, the crazy it's, shit. Like it sounds, hard. it's hard. It's hard. And it's but, really hard. I'm trying to do it. Right but now. like, really yo, the end of the right. conversation that when we left the room, the ending was like, yo, I haven't really changed. Who said that? Me. Mm. Like I'd never been good at waking up in the morning. Yeah. Like you always knew that. So what's really going on here? Mm. Like why all of a sudden? am I like, did you change? And then now you, now you want me to change or are you overwhelmed? And now you want like, be clear about what you want or what you need. And I may not be able to meet that. Like, you know how hard it, it, it is for me to be like, this is who I am. Like I, I, I have trouble getting up in the morning. Like that's, that's a hard Especially one. to Tim. It's really hard for me to get vulnerable with my weaknesses to Tim. There's something about him that just, I just like, don't want to right. admit my weaknesses. But I'll admit it to anyone else. Really? Yeah. Why didn't him, though? Does he hold, You should tell like, him that. Um, he's, a, he's like a very... Um, he's not a very emotional person. He's not very sensitive. Um, he's very just like all about the business, you know, you know, next thing, like we, it, it went to even as far as like on our Instagram, we made a post about how he's like Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, wow. <laughs> which is like my favorite post. Like I remember talking with Seth and she's like, dude, this is the best post of the year. Cause this is how everyone feels. But you, you know, know what and, Troy was saying that he's super sensitive. Yeah, and I could see that in that, like, the one time I did stood up t- stand up to him, he, like, really backed down. Right. So, like, we were shooting this music video for Blueface, and, like, he, like, he, I was like, Tim, we need to get these people more energized. And he was like, what do you think I'm trying to do? I'm trying to get these speakers on so they get energized. And I, like, walked away because I was, like, scared. And I was like, no. And then I walked back, and I was like, why are you tripping, bro? And he's just like, I, I'm not. I'm relaxed. And, like, he, like, totally, like, backed mm. down. And then I was like, maybe he is just afraid. And maybe he's acting like that out of fear and he's, he's kind of like, yeah. And that's another thing when it comes to dealing with people is like understanding if we have confidence in ourselves, then we can see that other person as like maybe struggling yeah. with something yeah. too like there. But it's when I feel less than when I'm like, Oh shit. Like I, I need to like defend my position. But yeah. if I'm like, okay, I'm like, Oh, like dudes just like. You could tripping see, right you now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could see mm-hmm. other people for what it is, you know? And that's like, part of the fear inventory of some people, you know, people's inventories are different, but on one of them is like, when you resent someone, there's a question that says, is this person spiritually maladjusted? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And like, I never asked myself that. Like I resent someone for being a dick to me cause it hurts me. But I never think like, is this person just spiritually maladjusted? Yeah. You know? And that just, that just may be where their meter at. Or like you just said, that person may not be as confident as we're thinking that would do. Like, mm. Like a lot of it sounds like it's this tug of war type of thing, um, especially when we're doing men. It's like egos are always there and egos are always fucking shit up. Um, yeah, including our mine. Yeah, but like, we're not perfect by any means. I'm not. We're not perfect, but we're not perfect. But we have to hide it by being too perfect. So whenever someone is too like strict, it's because they're trying to protect something. Mm. Uh, you know, period. 
with anything else. Same as like a bully. Like they're too hard. So it's like I need to protect the fact that I'm insecure about the way I look or whatever. So mm. I feel I get this vibe from him that he's running from something. Yeah, it's so weird though because like we nobody knows what it is. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know. Yeah. It's like it's like the he's like the most interesting. I've been trying to. I even said this today. It's like I've been trying to figure him out. Cause he's like really smart, yeah, and like, and like uh, he gets shit done, but then he'll like black out on the weekend or lose his shit. He's always losing his stuff. Um, I don't know, man. He's just a really, he's a really tricky. Like, like I can usually figure people out, yeah, especially after two and a half years of working with them very closely. Yeah. I can't figure them out. Like a great example. And I'm sorry that we're talking about this. I no, think it's go ahead, go ahead. really cool that you're like listening. And I think actually it's dope because like you have a lot of experience with this type of stuff. And like, I mean, you pegged my thing right off the bat. And uh, this is like a specific example of like where this shows up for us. And um, it's just cool to talk about specific examples sometimes mm-hmm. because then certain things can get revealed. But like a great a great analogy of like Tim is like he blacks out, he loses his phone and his wallet, and I'm upset because the client's trying to get a hold of him and he didn't tell me he lost his phone and his wallet because he's still trying to get it back from the Uber. And he's going to like, in his mind, he's going to fix all this and patch it all up and like get his phone back and like make everything right. So two days go by and like I call him, I get a hold of him through a friend, right? And I talk to him and in the beginning I'm really mad, right? But by the end of the conversation, he's literally got me convinced that this would have happened to anybody. Yeah, and I'm like believing that. it because yeah. the story is so yeah, like, it's like, whoa, it's- like, I guess, I guess that like, if that was really what happened, <laughs> then you had to have lost your phone, right? So he's so good at like justifying everything that happens to him. But it's like, dog, how are you not, if you lose, if you lost 15 phones last year, how are you not wondering what, what, what is your part in that? Mm-hmm. And if, 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 if 10 guys are all saying they're scared to talk to you and get honest with you, how are you sitting there pointing your finger at all 10 of those guys saying they're just too sensitive? It's easy. He's just deflecting. Like, he's just deflecting, and it's a, it's, it's a few things. It's boundaries. Um, boundaries. His boundaries are so strict at work because he, doesn't, he may not want you to know what's going on outside of work. Mm. It's the perfection thing. Like, I have to be on. I have to be 100% right throughout the week. But right. when I'm at home, I'm going to fuck up. So right. I lose all of my phones, but I can't let y'all know that I'm a fuck up. So it's like I'm going to do everything to convince you that I'm not a fucked up, but now you feeling like you're the one who's fucking oh up. But in reality, I'm just a fuck up, you know. So it's just the fact that I have to hide behind this veil, and it sounds like he may have been doing it for like a long ass time, and he's more afraid than anything else probably to come out because in. In his eyes, like, I read this, like, I was watching this video, I was watching this video one day, and this dude said the dopest, like, quote ever, and I know I'm going to fuck it up because it's a difficult quote. He was like, I, I'm not who I think I am, 
I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. Mm-hmm. I've read that too. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's a great quote. I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I get am. those I parts. am who I think you think I am. So we kind of live in like this perception of a perception of a world. So, but so hold up. So what I actually am is what I think you think yep. I am. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a great quote. Yeah. So okay, when, but so, so I think so it's like so it's like uh I'm not who you think I am, right? I don't even know who you really think I am. And it's I'm not even who I think I am, right? So you get those parts. Yeah. But like for example with Tim is like I think he thinks that I'm like this like kind of irresponsible fuck uh-huh. up kid. But you and also like, have dope qualities. Exactly. But like You know he knows I, that too, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm right. starting to see that, but like I think but because I believe that, I'm almost fulfilling that prophecy, yeah. right? Like, that's kind yeah, of what like I'm saying. Yeah, like, Tim, he may think that you think that he's perfect. Get what I'm saying? So, I'm thinking that you're thinking that I'm this specific way. Right? Make sense? Uh-huh. So, when it comes to relating back to him, it's just kind of like I have to live in this world that I've kind of created. Like, it's kind of like, you know, a celebrity who builds a, a, a fake world and they have to live in it. Right, it's like six nine. Right, I've created this, so I have to live in it despite what it is. So I think that everybody else thinks that I'm this sort of way, but in reality, I'm not that person. So I'm going to do what I got to do to make sure that people know that I'm not that person, even if they don't view me as that. I still think that they think I'm that person because you haven't really opened up, and I'm not trying to. Right, and that's the part. Right, some people. Are just not trying to do it, and sometimes putting them in a position to open up is worse. It could could do way more harm than good. I'm starting to learn that too. Like right now, with you know my sponsor brothers and kids I sponsor, like some people just don't open up, and that's just like who they are. And there's like you can't change it. Like I've tried to like get in there and like wedge it out, but like some people just don't. Okay, so what do you do in that situation? Like you just do you, and when it comes to a person who's not trying to open up. Everybody's going to open up. They're just going to open up on their terms. They're not going to open up when you want them to open up, right? A lot of a lot of us are selfish, right? I want you to open up because I want you to open up, not because you want you to open up, right? Mm. So we just have to be patient. Okay, so can you at least say what you, what you want? Can you at least say how you feel and what you're what you think about them? They have I think you have an issue that you should look at. See, and and this is the thing therapists do, right? It's kind of like we know, it's like I know I want you to open up, right? I know that's the issue, but I'm not going to tell you, I won't tell you that I want you to open up. I'm just going to, I'm just going to lead you to that door so you can be able to open it up, open it up, open it yourself, Right. So I'm not going to say, hey, like, come on, open it up. I'm I'm frustrated and all these other things. I'm here for you. Blah, blah, blah. If they talk and just say, all right. And don't say nothing. That 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 quietness. Right. It was, it was just silence. That's going to make people uncomfortable. And they're going to eventually say something. Right. So it's a matter of allowing that that small bit of light in, even if it's like whatever. Because that person has to understand and be okay with the fact that I can let this little bit of light in, right? So when it comes to certain individuals that are just refusing to open up, understand that she can't f- trying to force them to open up is going to for- is going to make them shut down even more. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to let a person talk. 
and they're not going to know they're opening up until they realize, like, oh, shit, I opened up. <laughs> Make sense? Yeah. My therapist pulls that on me all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. When I used to have him, we would be talking, and he would ask me about something uncomfortable, <clears throat> and I'd give him, like, the, the surface-level answer, and he just wouldn't say anything. He would just stare at me. Yeah. Then to get quiet, and I'd be like, "No, nah, I, I can fight this. I know what he's doing." And then I just kept going. That's why my girl hates me because I'm because <laughs> I do that same shit. Like yeah. I do it. Like being a therapist is fun sometimes because you just do it to people and then <laughs> certain things. It's <laughs> because it's just like you gotta have to understand. Like being a therapist is, is easy only because it's like we understand that there's a direction in which you need to go, and there's a direction in which I'm trying to get you to go, right? But a therapist understands that he doesn't have the answers to that. A therapist understands that and knows that you have the answers. You just don't know that you have the answers or you're not willing to accept the fact that you have the answers. So mm. I'm going to just be here with you for however long it takes. I'm patient as hell. I'm going to be mm. here with you for however long it takes until you just talk. Because mm. ain't nobody going to – me sitting here staring you in the eyes is mad uncomfortable. But I know that me staring in your eyes is going to push you to a place to talk. So I'll deal with it as long as you talk. Mm. Wow. You know? I just wanted to see – because, I mean, I – He's he's. I just was thinking he was gonna just walk. What if he just walked right in? <laughs> Come on in, Tim. Let's talk about this. What's up, dog? That's like the just... opposite of what we just said. To do. No, I know it is. It is. I get it. Uh, it's funny because I think that like for me, I ta- I'm always talking, so yeah. I think it's hard for me to just pause and listen because I'm like waiting and i'm like why are they taking but then like especially with tim like i think it's in those pauses where he gets to say what he thinks you know Mm -hmm. you too like it it takes you a minute to like say what you're trying to say yeah so i just need to be better at like pausing and letting people there's this book called don't sweat the small stuff Mm -hmm. and it's all small stuff who's it by i don't know but it's fucking it's really been helping me a lot lately. And they just talk, one of the things they talk about is like listening, just listening and just like being okay with like being wrong and just listen. I mean, basically that the point of the book is like, don't sweat, don't sweat the small stuff. Cause if you're tripping on shit, you can't, can't do nothing. You can't be productive. You can't. Yeah. And that was kind of one of the things I was telling Tim earlier today was like, yo, like, the reason I seem so chill and he's taking that as like, a, I don't care, but it's so I can actually be my best self. Mm-hmm. But people, creative. people are so used to the person who you were, the person that right. you're trying to get away from. People are so used to that. So when you just chill, people are looking at you like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with Pat? Right. He's wilding. Is he okay? Are you all right? Well, What's going on? That's what I thought about Tim, actually, because he, yeah. he gave, well, while we were in the middle of this chaos of this new endeavor, like, he gave me a call. He's like, you know, I've been thinking about it, and it might sound like I'm backpedaling a little bit, but it's okay, and we're going to do the best that we can, and if they yeah. don't like it, they don't like it. And I was like, is, is he drunk right now? Or is he high or something? But he, like, but he wasn't. But then you were like, did he talk? Did you talk to him? Yeah, I thought Pat talked to him. I or did before. Yeah, uh. remember? I was like, I literally said that same shit to him. Yeah. I'm like, we're doing the best we can, and if we know that, 
then we'll be okay that if just, a client's not happy. It's yeah. the same formula for what I'm doing for me. Mm-hmm. I'm applying it to our company. But he's getting negative feedback outside from the client, which, like, I get it, dude. He's he's the one dealing with all that pressure, so yeah. I, I get it. So then he'll come back to us and be like, where'd we fuck up? So it's, it's the hardest for him. Mm-hmm. But I was telling him about that. Like, all we need to do is know that we're doing the best we can, and you know we are. But yeah. then he, after that conversation, he started thinking about how in the first year we were tripping about dumb videos that mean like a real estate video that we wouldn't even think of doing now. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, wait, like it seems so real when it's happening, but it's all small stuff. Yeah, It's just another day. Mm-hmm. And if you can treat it like a small thing, like really what it is, you can actually look at it and deal with it better. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we, e, 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 I don't know. It's like, it's, it, it goes on both sides because what you, what I was just speaking about, it brought me back to what you spoke about earlier. That whole, the, um, there's no free will thing. Right. Right. He, he, he said that, because Pat said what he said, so it wasn't like a just because sort of thing. But he did come to it on his own conclusion, yeah, that, which is why I, I do feel like he deserves credit for with that. With the for, assistance but, of, right. right? With the assistance of someone. So he made the choice to accept that conclusion, but that choice probably wouldn't, wouldn't have been in the air unless you threw it out there. Right, which is why I think it is good to to tell people what you're thinking. and Yeah. Even if they're not ready to open up or whatever, like... If you can do it in a loving way, I yeah. think that's also another key to everything. Is like, and that's another thing we were talking about. Was like, there's no reason to be hostile or upset. It's not going to get you what you want. I know it's hard not to be, but if you really want the best results from people, you need to approach them in a loving way. And some people don't know how to do that because they've been they've been approaching them the opposite way their entire life. Asking them to approach somebody that loving way is like, what the fuck? You're asking me to do some other shit that right. I don't know how to do. You're right. asking me to change who I am. And some people just and some people just aren't fit to be that type of person. It's all about mm. we got to put the person in the right environment, right? So that's you're, crazy. You're not going to put the wrong. You're not going to put someone who's bad at math as a fucking bank teller and don't know how to add up, right? You, if that's what it is. That's what it is, you know. But at the end of the day, it's just about plugging people to the right parts. You know, you got to understand who that person is and know where their strengths and weaknesses are at and just be okay with that. So, you can go a bunch of different ways. But I do think he's getting better. Yeah, for sure. Which is cool, right? Like, he's not, like, I do think people can, like, if I approach it with love and I'm his friend, then, like, and I'm setting a certain example, then I think a lot of people can grow and change, right? Some may not be able to, is mm-hmm. I think what you're saying. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I'm big on believing. I'm big on boundaries. So when it, come, when it comes to boundaries, I firmly believe that um, I'm not responsible for how you feel. I'm only responsible for how I treat you. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I'm not responsible for how you feel. I'm only responsible for how I treat you. 
Yeah, I mean, that plays into like treating everyone with love and respect. Mm-hmm. And I think that that lays down healthy boundaries. Because okay. that prevents you, people from getting codependent. Like, do you want people to be upset or hurt by you? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess what that's like, so you're not responsible for how they feel, but if you treat them with hostility and anger, you are responsible for how you just treated them. So they're going to feel like shit. Yeah. I don't know. So it's, 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 it's a boundaries things, obviously, but it's also about understanding that. <clears throat> I think that's a great people are going to feel, people are going to feel the way they feel regardless of whatever. Like, Donald Trump is an asshole despite how people feel about him. He gives no fucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's Donald Trump, right? Um, but how I treat you and the way I treat you, right? Because, for example, if, um, like me, I don't believe um, I don't believe you can be born gay. That comment will get me crucified in certain settings. Am I responsible for how you feel about that? No. About what right. I just said? No. Now, it depends. What depends on it? What was my intent? Did I say that to purposely hurt your feelings? Okay, now I'm responsible for that. But if I'm just saying that, you know, with no intent, or if I'm saying that to give my opinion and we're having this discussion and it's warranted, okay, cool. If you feel some type of way, that's on you. You know, now we can't get ruled with it and just say, oh, well, fuck your feelings and blah, 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 all the extra stuff. Nah, but when we, when, when, when we take on the responsibility of other people's feelings, then we're not going to be able to operate at our fullest capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that goes back into what you're saying mm-hmm. that hey, let's just let's just accept the fact that we're doing the best we can do despite how the client is feeling. Cuz mm-hmm. you're not I'm sure, you know it's for a fact, no matter how dope your team may be, you're not going to be able to please every single client. No. No matter what it is. No. Right? And you're not responsible for that. You're just responsible for the dopeness that you put on that table. Mm-hmm. How they accept it. Water has no taste, but water tastes differently to everybody. So at the end of the day, everybody's going to have their own opinion. So we have to operate in a space to where not that I don't care about your feelings, but the way you're feeling is not my responsibility. So I don't have to, I just don't want to carry that load. Yeah, exactly. And for so long I carried it. Yeah. And I'm learning how to accept when people are in pain. Yeah. And just like, that's a hard one because I want to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Yeah, but you, sometimes you're fucking fun- whoa, dude. <laughs> fuck, dude. Like, I, I was actually just gonna ask you, like, where do you practice? Where do I practice? Yeah, I mean, I just do both. So I, I get, I love, I love doing this stuff with with the, the psychotic patients. No, I'm saying like, where do you? You're a therapist. Yeah. So like, are you not privately yet? Okay, not yet. Not privately but yet. soon you'll be starting to take on within like clients. The, yeah, within like the next like eight to nine months. Like, yo, I was just thinking how dope it would be if like Tim went to this for <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because the way he just explained all that, I feel like I've explained it like that before, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like the way you explained it I don't know. I, I, and that's another thing is I, I, I'm always wanting to be able to say things in such a way 
where someone will hear it mm-hmm. and like understand. But even in that, like I don't have, even in that, I don't have confidence in none of the shit that I be saying. Right. I know for a fact I can't be out here and talk on some professionalism and use all of these words and all of this extra stuff or whatever. So my <laughs> thing, because I understand that that's not me. Right. I had to become OK with that. Yeah. And because I'm OK with that, I do what's best for me. And that is keeping things as simple as possible. Yeah. But right. Like you're like, I don't. I'm pretty like experienced. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. And, and I've been seeing a therapist for a long time who I think is a really good one. Yeah. And been like sponsoring guys. I've been sober for 13 years. I've started companies and I have a decent amount of experience. Yeah, in, like, you've been down the block. The extra shit, like I see right through all exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. So like when you're talking about the shit you're talking about, it's 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 right. It's right. It's, yeah. it's, 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 um, it's right on track with what I think is. And, and the fact that you're not using all that extra shit is, is I think a good thing. And I think actually you could relate to more people and can do a lot of good being like a different kind of therapist, you know? Yeah. That's. And so, but what I'm saying is like, where do you live? Like, yeah. where would you practice? Where would I practice? Uh, most likely probably in. <coughs> shit now actually I don't want to put a but you, a but you live in there. San Diego no I live in Inglewood or Inglewood I, li- I stay in Inglewood okay right? cool but as far as where would I practice or who would my specific target client yeah. be I don't want a specific target client no and you shouldn't yeah, but yeah, I do yeah. think that like a lot of people from where you're from would relate to you yeah they, yeah they definitely would but and then, i think that there's a lot of good that can that oh, yeah. you can do in that space yeah yeah, yeah. like i always I always make sure that i'm 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 not from the projects but i'm in the projects a lot but so whatever because, like yeah, just yeah. dudes from inglewood yeah. yeah. like you know black dudes that are like not trying to be seeing therapists yeah like kind of maybe little little gangster little hip-hop whatever mm-hmm. yeah you you're like you can reach them. Yeah. I, I, I don't mean to say like black dudes. Like I'm obviously no, not. It's not it's, but like it's, gangster, there's. No, I get what you're it's saying. It's probably ma- the majority. No, yeah. It's probably a majority black. No, yeah. Where you live, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. That's it's just we dope. speak, we speak, we're saying the same things. We just speak a different language. Yeah. You know, I could just speak their language. Exactly. You know, so. I can hear your language no matter what you're speaking. Exactly. Because I'm yeah. like open and like I have no prejudice. Yeah. And there's some people who just like ain't trying to hear nothing. Like I know the way I talk, I cannot be in the hearts of Malibu or in the hearts of Beverly Hills talking like this. <laughs> right. Like this is not going to right. work. They already have their therapists. That's what, you know yeah. What I mean? like, so that's, that's what I'm not saying. What they need. But, but I also think that like, but that's but it's dope in that though. It's dope in the fact that I understand that I cannot be everybody's therapist. Right. So I'm okay with the fact that I'm not that guy. So yeah, that but if, goes but, but, but if you're open, then you could probably get, you know, the 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 white dude from from Beverly Hills who's open, mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. or the chick, or I think that I love the fact that you're saying you don't want to limit yourself to one specific. But um, yeah, I'm 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 a 
I think it's really cool what you're doing and like I'm excited for you to start doing like your own practice and I think Man, you'll be appreciate it. really good at it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Do you want to plug your podcast really quick? Oh, so I got two things. Podcast, Barry Stories, you can find that everywhere, wherever podcasts are at. Um, I'm on an episode. Wiggum Road to Recovery is the best episode. Road to Recovery. Hey, his story is kind of crazy. He's fucking me up in the studio. But <laughs> <laughs> that podcast very Talk stories. about vulnerability. I laid it all out. Mm. And your boy in the mixer yeah. was like, whoa, this is getting gnarly. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> the thing about vulnerability is like when people get there, people, it's, it's fucked up. Because people don't, and it's real crazy to me, other people other people don't want other people to feel vulnerable because they're going to feel vulnerable at the fact that that person is feeling vulnerable. Uh-huh. Right? So the fact that you mentioned that and you have brought that up, it had brought me to a place where like, you got to be careful where you be vulnerable at. Not for the sake of your vulnerability, but for the sake of that other people are uncomfortable with your vulner- with mm. vulnerability. Period. Not even just them being vulnerable, but just seeing the shit. You know, you ever, like me, like even still to this day, like I still get uncomfortable when I see people cry. Yeah. Right. I just sit there and look at you like, uh, you done yet? Like, like they're vulnerable as hell, but I'm uncomfortable in that. So sometimes you got to be, got to be mindful of the fact that you can't be vulnerable everywhere. You know. Yeah. But that's the podcast, and also I have a a, a a radio show, Good News Radio. The show's Chill with Radio comes on every Sunday. It's a live show, um, every Sunday, so people can call in and things like that. To uh, here, it's on the Good News Network. You have to download the app, or you can go online at www. Who says that anymore? <laughs> At good news radio, the good news radio station dot com. Um, I'm there, and we're talking about real shit, not the, uh, not the weird stuff, but you know, so, all around mental health with everything that I do. So you download the app, the good news radio, good news radio station, yeah, yeah. and then you search for what. Their Instagram. Oh, it's the every office. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. The oh. show the show comes on every Sunday. So when you download the app, it just pops up. This is their IG. They're popping, dude. At, so 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 the good news radio app. Yeah. You're on at ten o'clock at what time? No, five thirty every Sunday. I mean five thirty I mean, I don't know why I just said <laughs> for some reason Sunday, Sunday in my mind was ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but so Sunday at five thirty every Sunday you're on if you just download the app. So this app just is it's just streaming radio all day, yeah. all, every day, all day. Every they day have is a so different many show. People. Yeah, wow. got some hot girls twerking. That's dope. What's it's, your boy's name? His, his name is Keith. Keith, dude, he's yeah, funny. Yeah, he's funny. I like Keith. Yeah, and that he, intro you guys got, dude, check this out. They have this like sick intro where like it starts on that piece of paper. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know I did that. You did that? Yeah. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Like, that's cool. It's like a sketch. Oh, and it's filmed. Yeah. So I film it, and then I did the little thing and all of it. So is this audio? This is audio from the mic. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Let's wrap it up, and then all we'll right. talk more about this. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks. Yo, thank you for having me. Cool. Peace.